You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Don't be all else to me, save that thou... Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may the meditations of your servant's heart and my mouth be acceptable in your sight. Lord, I pray in the way that your servant Paul encouraged the pastor Titus. Show integrity, gravity, and sound speech. I ask for this blessing to be with us on this day. Amen. Well, I guess being that there's so much snow outside, I would like to share with you a story that is from a warmer time, in summertime, when school lets out. It's called at our house Camp Gabai. Gabai is the name that my grandchildren call their grandmother. So what happens at Camp Gabai in the summertime is that the grandkids come together and they talk to their grandmother and they share of what their interests. They have sort of a, a fact-finding time. And from that, there develops adventures. Adventures that the grandmother and the grandkids go about in the summertime. I'm not invited. It's for them. But it's about that adventure. And what you do before you go on an adventure is you find out some information of interest. This is exactly what Jesus does on this day in this gospel. He has just asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter speaks up and says, well, some say you're John the Baptist, come back to life. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. But Jesus now asks the question of the age, the question that each and every one of us have to answer. But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter responds, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says to Simon Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. You shall no longer be called Simon. Your name is now Peter. The word, the name Peter means rock. And on this rock, on the confession that Jesus is the Son of God, is 
the church built. So when our gospel message starts today and it says six days later, it's six days later after this question asked by Jesus and answered by Peter. Now, if you listened to the sermon last week that Pastor Jenkins put forth on the podcast, he asked a question in a very similar way. Do you believe Jesus or do you believe in Jesus? There's a difference. There is a difference. We believe Jesus from that posture of Peter. Everything he says, we don't pick and choose. We believe Jesus. And there's a difference of believing in Jesus. Have you ever heard of the great historian from the first century named Josephus? Josephus was commissioned by the Roman government to put forth a comprehensive history of the Jewish people. Do you know that Josephus writes about John the Baptist and gives testimony about Jesus who was a man but Joseph says but not an ordinary man and he also testifies in his historical writing that Jesus did thousands of miraculous things but here's the difference Josephus goes on to say but I don't believe in him he did not believe Jesus being the Son of God. So, with this much inquiry by Jesus and the response, Jesus is now planning an adventure. And he takes on this adventure with him Peter, James, and John, the son or the brother of James. It's a clarifier. And he takes them on this adventure up to the mountaintop. And when they get up on that mountaintop, Jesus is transfigured. The simple definition of the word or transfigured changed in form. Jesus is transfigured in their very sight. And there was with them Elijah and Moses. Now there is significance to that. It's manifold. We can understand several things. I will put forth for you two possibilities of the understanding of why Moses and Elijah are with Jesus. The first one being is if you know about the festivals that God's people are supposed to observe. There are three major festivals in the year that were given to Moses that the people of God were required to participate in. It was the Feast of the Passover Lamb. And we could easily see that our Moses would be a good representation for that. He instituted, by God's divine commission, the Feast of the Passover Lamb. 
And then the second important feast that the people of God are supposed to recognize is the Feast of First Fruits or the Feast of Weeks. So after you plant and you harvest, you put forth and celebrate the first elements that you have gotten from that harvest that could easily be represented by Elijah. Because Elijah was the one who recalled Israel to its destiny, to its relationship with Almighty God. And of course, the third feast is the feast of ingathering or the feast of harvest. And Jesus even speaks these words in Luke chapter 10 where he said, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So we could possibly see this as part of the adventure. But more so, we can actually see that the glory had faded away from the old covenant. And now the glory was all upon Christ. And he is changed in form. And his face becomes radiant. His clothes become brilliant white. Because Jesus is greater than the patriarchs and the prophets of old. Jesus is superior to all of them. Jesus' priesthood is superior to the Levitical priesthood. The new glory is shining through. The adventure. It's incredible that Jesus would do this to show this to us, to take the veil off of our face so that we could see that which used to be hidden. Out of all of the time that I've had the opportunity to prepare, to stand before God's people and share about the Word of God, something unusual happened as I prepared for this one. Something that never happened to me before. You see, when I surrender myself to the Almighty and I read the Scripture, Scripture continues to come in and point and help me and give me the direction that I need. Something different happened this time. For the first time ever, for the first time in 22 years that I've had the privilege of worshiping with this congregation, a song was brought to my attention which gave me the insight and the understanding of knowing how these wonderful things are revealed to us. You won't get to hear the song but it will be sung at the next service. But here are the words of that song. Have you ever looked at a sunset with the sky mellow and red, seeing the clouds suspended like feathers, then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. Have you ever stood at the ocean with the white foam at your feet, felt the endless thundering motion? Then you've seen Jesus, my Lord. Have you ever looked at the cross 
with a man hanging in pain, with the look of love in his eyes, then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. Have you ever stood in the family with the Lord there in your midst? With the look of Christ on each other, then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. He allows us to see him's presence in the world in which we live. Have you ever stood in the family with the Lord there in your midst, seen the face of Christ on each other? Then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. It is our adventure that Jesus allows us to see his presence and be changed in form in our life. I would like to share with you a story that just happened recently that I believe illustrates how God shows himself forward to us, gives us that mountaintop experience right where we're at. It was January 25th this year. I was in the office doing year-end paperwork. It was about the 12 o'clock hour noon, not night. The phone rang. I looked at my phone. It was my oldest brother, Butch. Unusual, but I picked it up and said, what's going on? And he said, you have bad news. Our brother Larry's gone. The only thing I could say was, oh my goodness. My brother Larry was the closest one in age to myself. He then went on to explain to me what had just taken place. Literally, what had just taken place. And the only thing I could say to him again was, oh my goodness. And he told me, he said, you should be getting a call somewhere to tell you about the services. With that, after we hung up, I prayed for the family. That's the most I could do. I could have did a whole bunch of things, but the most that I could do for that family was pray for them. Pray for my sister-in-law, for my niece, and for my nephew. And went back to work. Tuesday, I get up. I still have more of that office work to do. And I go up. And... As I'm sitting at my desk, I bowed my head in prayer. Earnest prayer. Almighty and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I need to talk to that young man. I need to talk to that young man. Please, Lord, please let it happen. I didn't feel it necessary to remind the Lord that in a time right before, we have a dump truck. And the dump truck, it has a tailgate. And the tailgate is like ridiculously heavy. 
So you have to basically, one person, you have to swing the tailgate up, get it to this point, and then use everything you've got to slam it closed. And I slammed it closed, and then you close. Pull it back down, slam it again. And it still didn't close. Pull it back down and slam it again. And I realized there must be something stuck. I pulled the tailgate down a little bit. Sure enough, what used to be a cell phone was preventing the door from closing. That's why I had to pray. Lord, have this young man call me. I don't know how to reach him right now. I smashed the phone. There was nothing left. All the contacts were gone. Do you know within two hours, that phone rang? And I looked at the phone, still in the office, and it said Allentown. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know anybody from Allentown. It was a 776 number, and I knew my nephew's number was, began with 882. And I just said to him, you know, just answer the phone. Hello, it was him. It was him. Lord heard the prayer. Lord answered the prayer. That young man that I needed to talk to was on the phone. And all I heard was, I'm lost, Uncle Mike, I'm lost. I need to come and talk to you. Name the time and place. I have too much to do, he said. I have too much to do. I have to go with my mom and make all of these arrangements. This was a Tuesday. He said, how about a Friday or Saturday? I'll come up. I said, you pick the day, you pick the time. I will be here. Hung up the phone. I thank God for hearing that prayer and having him respond. It was awesome. It's now Wednesday morning. It's 7 o'clock. The phone rings. It's him. Weeping. Weeping. I'm hurt so bad. I need to come see you today. I'm here. I will wait for you. Indeed, he came right up. As I knew he was coming in the driveway, I started walking out. We met in the garage. Not a word was spoken. We hugged each other. We wept. And we went into the house to talk then. He sat, I stood. As soon as he sat down, again he said to me, I am so lost. We grabbed hands. We invited God in. Change us, Lord. Change us from what we're experiencing. After that, he looked at me and he said, I'm trying to be strong for my mom. He said, but I ain't got no strength left. To which I said to him, I got bad news for you. You don't have enough strength for this. But I can tell you where to get it. I can tell you where 
together. And the first thing I said to him, we had a four-hour conversation. It was wonderful. But the first thing I said to him was, have your congregation, has it been open? No. When's the last time you had Holy Communion? Almost a year ago. I said, you need to call your pastor. And you need to go. And you need to receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ. You will never, ever have the strength that is required for this if you do not become nourished. This is the transfiguration. Jesus shown to his disciples that he would be the glory and the fulfillment. You know, after you receive Holy Communion today, you know what the pastor is going to say? He's going to say these words. And now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and give you peace. Give you grace. He needed the strength of God. Have you ever stood in the family with the Lord there in your midst? Seen the face of Christ on each other? Then I say, you've seen Jesus, our Lord. He has shown himself to us in ways that we need to recognize. Changed in form is what transfigured means. The Apostle John, writing in the first chapter of his gospel, in the 14th verse, says, And the word became flesh, changed in form. Paul, giving testimony to it, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, one of the pastor's favorites, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, in between everything that the pastor read today is verse 18. Degree by degree you will be changed into Christ's likeness. Transfiguration is what we see has happened to Christ. But it's happened to each and every one of us. He has done this for us, and all the glory goes to him. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Sleeping, my presence, my.